0: All right, it's time to talk and check in with a dear friend of mine and also one of my favorite guests that joins me occasionally. We got to make it more of a regular occurrence on this show because he's so damn good. And then eventually we can get it sponsored and all that good stuff. Steve Silt, business and sports attorney with Coles and O'Connor joining us here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. First off, Happy New Year, Stephen. How you been, man?
1: Excellent,
2: Henry. Happy New Year to you.
0: Man, it is uh, always a pleasure to have you on the show. And and I thought about you this past weekend because um, I'm watching the college football playoffs, all right? And the final game of the evening, it was Georgia, the reigning defending national champions um, facing the Ohio State Buckeyes in the second semifinal. And there was a play in which Stud Whiteout, Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, I'm just saying that. I just feel old because I remember being a Marvin Harrison fan, and now his son's like, you know, one of the best, you know, college football players in uh, in college football right now. Uh, the star wideout, he is going for the football in the back of the end zone, and he is absolutely crushed, okay, by the defender. Um, ends up with the concussion, and he is – He has to be removed from the game. They do not put him back in the ballgame. I think that some of that played a part in Ohio State not winning that game. Um, Not that I was pulling for Ohio State, but I digress. Um, So he leaves that game. He exits that game. And I started thinking, Marvin Harrison Jr., okay, name recognition, star power, top wideout. if he is able to be a part of college athletics in 2023, and we talk about name, image, likeness, and all of that, and he can take the hits, the big-time hits, like they have in football, why are we still not allowing guys to leave early or whenever they would like to leave from college football to go into the NFL draft? Okay, So what I'm saying is, is like if a guy is a star freshman, I believe that they should be allowed to go star soft in terms of true sophomore, be allowed to go. You got to have this red shirt stuff. You got to be three years at an institution before you can go and play professionally. I think that those days should be gone. I think that Maurice Claret should have been able to leave when he wanted to leave. Mike Williams was the the whiteout from USC that tried to do the same thing as Maurice Claret. Uh, Where are you at as somebody that's a business sports attorney with the eligibility Mm -hmm. and being able to go professionally when we're talking about specifically college football, which is different than college basketball?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and Marvin Harrison Jr. is football royalty, and it makes you feel old. It feels like Marvin Harrison Sr. was just playing last year. I mean, he was part of the, you know, the Indianapolis Super Bowl team. Peyton Manning's probably favorite right wide out the entire time. So I think we're both feeling old there, but, but I, I digress as well. You know, I was thinking about that as well. I mean, certainly with the hard hits to, to Harrison, the hard hits that, that our own uh, Justin Jefferson's been receiving, and we find out this week that it's, a, it's essentially been a strategy at Jordan Rules strategy to hit him uh, uh, at the very least marginally, illegally. And, you know, when you play that in the fact that this is an an NCAA player, this is someone who is not able to negotiate arm's length with his team, has to play essentially at their whim. Now, as we all know, and you and I have been talking about this, frankly, since I've been going on the radio, they're at least now able to capitalize on their brand power You know, I do think it's a bit uh, um, hypocritical. And the NCAA will say, listen, this isn't our rule. They've said that the entire time when it comes to the NFL. Going back to Maurice Claret, it's actually uh, an NFL rule. And, you know, the NFL justification is that they want mature players. They don't, you know, they need these players to come out physically able to deal with the rigors of the NFL. And it was fascinating. I remember... You know, Maurice Corette actually brought the matter to to court. The judge was completely unimpressed with the NFL's argument and said, "Listen, this individual standing before me is physically ready to to play football," and thought it was completely ridiculous. In many respects, he kind of won that lawsuit. Um, you know, as when he got into the league, as we all know, he was somewhat of a emotionally damaged. Uh, individual had some substance abuse issues, so I I do think it's it's something that needs to be changed. Um, uh, I, I think interesting enough, it's the market dynamics that have now been implemented in college athletics might, in fact, push it ahead without a, like a kind of a major rule change, so to speak.
0: I hear you. All right, so 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 you think that there is some possibilities in the future that there could be more of a resolution on that?
2: Well, I mean, I think it's much less urgent now because the players in uh, the college players are able to negotiate their own brand deals, The name image likeness deals, as we like to like to call them, which simply says that they're able to go out into the free market and essentially uh, enter into endorsement deals as professional players are, are technically they're not able to get paid yet from the schools though I believe that's going to change. And frankly, some of these players are going to be able to make as much, if not more playing collegiately than they will professionally. So I think, I think the NFL and the NCAA, which I think, I don't know if they were, you know, conspiring so to speak, but they definitely were working in concert. It's becoming less important. Um, the free market finally is being able to play out at the collegiate level. And that might, to a certain extent, kind of, uh, settle the market in a way that, you know, the, the NFL is like, listen, if you think you can make more money playing in the NFL, if you think you're ready, um, you know, go ahead and 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 give it a shot. We're no longer going to restrict you from doing
0: so. Business and sports attorney Stephen Silton joining us here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830-WCCO, uh, business sports attorney for Coles and O'Connor. Give him a follow on Twitter at Stephen Silton. Joining us here on the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. I do want to get um, your reaction to uh, something with regards to a question I have regarding the Demar Hamlin situation. And me, me and you've actually we, we talked about this a few days ago because it was the number one thing that we're everybody's talking about in sports in the entire world in the country because it was something horrific that we that we witnessed that we watched. so It was a tragedy. It's something that we've been thinking about. We've been praying for him to recover. Great news today in terms of his recovery uh, was pretty. is 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 It sounds like, according to the doctors, pretty remarkable, and that he's getting better every single day. So so the prayers and all the stuff, the well wishes. Um, look, it's it, it, it's happening. He's he's recovering nicely. Hopefully, he fully recovers. But this is my question about the Hamlin situation: is that look if people out there um weren 't knowledgeable enough before um or weren't paying close attention before, or just were dumb enough to not realize how significantly violent football is now you know right like like you it, it, and it wasn 't the most violent hit, but we know that the impact of football on the human body. my question is this though we know that those guys don't have guaranteed contracts, and we know the lifespan of an NFL football player is less than four years, okay? Because everybody sees these big dollar figures from Kirk Cousins to Devontae Adams to Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. That's not the typical, like, those. that's the, the cream of the crop. Most guys are in the league just a couple of years. Do you think that what we've seen with this specific situation and what we've been hearing here in the last 48 hours about health care – or lack thereof, and guys not being vested in the league. Do you think that we'll see guaranteed contracts at some point?
2: God, I hope so. I mean, it always kind of, to me, was a paradox that the most violent of the leagues, and again, I want to state for the record, because I heard your producer a few days ago was giving you grease that somehow you're anti-football. I love football. Football is my favorite sport. I love watching it. And and if I'm being honest with myself, the the violent nature of the sport is part of what attracts me to it. It's it's a modern day coliseum. These guys going to war on a on a weekly basis for my team to me is 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 cathartically uh, liberating in a way. Um, but it is without a doubt the most violent sport, not only in America, I, I would argue in the world. Um, and with that, it's also the is the most the least guaranteed of the contracts of the, of the four major sports, um, you know, the NHL and baseball, ironically, are the most guaranteed. Then you have basketball. And then finally, and way down the list, I mean, the drop-off after the the NBA is great where, you know, you see all these huge numbers, even some of the quarterbacks don't play out those contracts. You know, we go back to Donna McNabb. I think he signed, three $100 million contracts, he didn't play out any of them. Mm. But I do think, I do think it's fascinating um, that we don't have that, particularly for the lower kind of tiered players, for the backup offensive linemen, some of the, the, you know, the defensive tackles and and linebackers who, who are taking the brunt of these hits. I mean, you know, we see the massive hits with the, with the wide receivers, the reality in the trenches is where most of the, uh, of the real, uh, contact. contact Yep. Yep. You know, I, I mean, I think we're going to, I think we're going to see it. I hope so. I mean, I really hope at one point the union really gets tough and, and fights equally for all their members in a way, current and past members in a way that really leverages the popularity of the sport.
0: Yeah. I just want to see it happen, man, because look, Um, and, and and I'm not going to, I've never been a professional athlete. I'll never be a professional athlete, but well, football players, man, that's just a different type of violence that, that they have to endure. And I know that there are other, you know, in terms of contact, I know the hockey, that there's a lot of stuff going on there, but, but man, these, these guys, I believe that they absolutely should get guaranteed, guaranteed contracts the same way that basketball and all the other sports have baseball, all these other sports. I just think it's unfair to football players
1: without
2: a doubt and it's 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 completely in contrast to the to the shortness of your career and how quickly we see career ended in the NFL I mean certainly there there have been acute endings to careers in all sports but in the NFL we see the end of careers on a weekly basis you know there there are injuries you know that we see that don't get a hundredth of the notoriety of the DeMar uh, um, uh, Hamler injury and obviously that was such a uh, uh, you know, an optically dramatic event. I mean, it's 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 hard to really kind of comprehend that it. it's not something we see uh, every day. And I think in modern NFL, area, it's only the first second time it's ever occurred. Yeah. So you know, obviously that that's very dramatic. But but there are career-ending plays every single week, and the fact that they they're not in, getting these contracts fully guaranteed, I think, is is uh, antithetical to the, frankly, to the health, long-term health of the league. And it's something we should definitely address.
0: Hey, Steve, always a pleasure to have you on, my man. I appreciate the time tonight. And uh, we will be talking a little bit more regularly here in 2023 that Stephen Silton, a business and sports attorney from Coles and O'Connor, joining us here on The Lake Show.
2: Thanks, Steve. I'm here I'm here for you, Henry. Always great talking.
0: All right, take care. Uh, man, he's, he's the best, man. Steve is a, a great attorney, great dude. Always happy to have him on the show. All right, uh, we'll take a break. Coming up next, we'll do Word on the Street on the Lake Show. All right, what is the Word on the Street here on this Thursday evening on the Lake Show? Jonathan Lowe in for Christopher Tubbs, not just tonight, but also tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, we will take you into Wolves pregame with Cal Soderquist at 7.30. So I will be at the Skyway Studio at Target Center, 6 o'clock till 7.30 J-Lo's riding with me, but for right now, we got word on the street.
3: By the way, I love that open. That open is awesome Uh, from from the old Saturday Night Live. That's that's (laughs) great stuff. Let's start in the world of entertainment here as we'll stay in the world of entertainment. We'll start with a Netflix star. Stranger Things star comes out as gay. Stranger Things star Noah Schnapp has come out as gay. The 18-year-old made an announcement Thursday on TikTok with a video of himself and text that reads... When I finally told my friends and family I was gay after being scared in the closet for 18 years, and all they said was, we know. Interestingly enough, he also included the caption, I guess I'm more similar to Will than I thought. Snap plays Will Byers on Stranger Things, and fan speculation over the years has been that the character is gay as it's clear he has a thing for Mike Wheeler on the show. So it seems Snap is just also confirming the th- uh, fan theory.
0: All right, so I'm happy for him. Okay. But I must acknowledge I've never watched Strang- Stranger Things. Neither have I. All right, so 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 Neither it, have I. So yeah, so it's just so no shade here. I'm just saying I'm not like I've seen his picture. Um so hopefully if I'm walking down the street, if I'm walking down Nicollet or Marquette one day and he happens to walk past be like, hey, what up, Noah? But I've never watched the show. I don't know anything about what the show is about.
3: Well, But like you said, good for him that, he's, Absolutely. that he has comfort. Leveling. Live your life, man. Exactly.
0: I, I, I'm i one of those people that, like, I don't get into other people's affairs like that. You know what I'm saying? That it, look, if you are doing something illegal, like being a pedophile, yeah, I got a problem with you. Okay? Um. But in terms of you want to live a different lifestyle than mine... Bro, I got no issue
3: at all. Very good. Very good. All right, now from reality to reality shows, a housewife exits stage left. Lisa Rinna is bidding farewell to the real housewives of Beverly Hills. After eight seasons of delivering sassy one-liners, drama-filled moments, social media messiness, and self-deprecating lip humor, Rinna is uh, departing the beloved franchise people can exclusively confirm. This is the longest job I've had in my thirty-five year career, and I am grateful to everyone at Bravo and all those involved at in the series. Renna fifty nine said in a statement. It has been an, a fun eight year run, and I'm excited for what is to come. Do you watch Housewives? I don't. But I know who Lisa Renna is. She, I mean, oh, she was, for sure. She, she
0: was famous before. She's married exactly. to uh, uh, Harry Henry Hamlin. Uh, yeah, exactly. Harry, Harry Hamlin. So um <laughs> as people love I, I think they're a beautiful couple. Seriously, I, I, you know, they would. They've been together since nineteen ninety seven. It says here. All right, so now more power to her. Yeah, it was a good run for right? Would you say eight years? Eight years.
3: Uh, it's it's been so long that, and and again, the Housewives of Beverly Hills are different from than all the other ones because those those ones you'll probably know because a lot of them are actresses. A lot of them have careers outside of, uh, I shouldn't say careers outside of they they have. Famous careers, careers you would know them in outside of it the depends. housewives.
0: Like Kyle Richards, I had never heard of her before. And I, I and I don't say all of
3: them, but yeah, some uh, yeah, of them, some yeah. of them you have you have sprinkled in there. And I think that kind of tipped it over for more of the celebrities actually outside of that to be on the show. So gotcha. now we head to the blockbuster story. And man, this is Blockbuster. Uh-oh. We had to cross upon pond uh for part of this. Brotherly Beef. Prince Harry claims he was physically attacked by his brother, Prince William, in his upcoming memoir, Spare, according to a leaked extract uh, reported by The Guardian. The incident was said to have taken place at Harry's London home in 2019 when William when William arrived at Harry's home of Nottingham Cottage on the grounds of Kensington Palace, known as NotCot. Okay. Harry claims his older brother was apparently was already piping hot, according to the report. Harry then claims William called Meghan Markle difficult, rude and abrasive, to which Harry replied that his brother was simply parroting off, uh, parroting the uh, press narrative about his wife. The Guardian reports that Harry then accused his brother of acting like an heir. After which insults were exchanged, William reportedly claimed he was just trying to help. Hmm. So this is this gotten it's already deep. It's gotten real deep. I
0: mean, man, is there any love? Where is the love?
3: Brothers? I don't I don't know how with 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 everything that's happening between the rest of the royal family and Harry and Meghan. I don't know it's going to take a lot of time I would think to repair this. I don't think it, it's irreparable. Are irreparable? I should say.
0: Well, I think that the first thing is that I think the royal family as a whole they should come to grips with the fact that there's been a lot of wrong that's been done. It's that's and that's and why I think, that, I think that that will kind of bring some of the stuff together.
3: And that's why I think when Queen Elizabeth passed away last year, there were some people that were like, "Okay, by now they, they weren't sobbing, they weren't sad, they weren't." Uh, Grief stricken. They were like, he uh, could have done some better. On to the next. I get that. So, yeah. There you that. go. Quick word on the street tonight. Uh, just a few topics.
0: All right. Coming up next, love to get your reaction 651 461 9226. And I only want to hear from those that that are Republicans. How do you feel about this Speaker of the House? situation your phone calls next year on the lake show i don't want to hear from democrats or those that identify as democrats or democratic voters i only want to hear from those who vote republican identify as republican 651-461-9226 i just want your honest opinion what do you make of this situation here with the Speaker of the House situation. Like, how do you feel about it? How, how, how honestly do you feel about it? You can text the show. You can call the show. But are you just kind of like, a, I don't really care that much. It doesn't, I don't really have. an I, I feel like you do have an opinion. I think that anybody that tries to just shrug it off. You're not being real about it. You're not being genuine about it. But I do wonder how you feel. And the reason why I say I don't want to hear from those of the Democrats is because I feel like those that identify as Democrats are sitting back and they're like, "Okay, this eventually is going to play itself out. But that's not the party that I identify with. So if you are a Republican voter, I do wonder, like, how you view the Kevin McCarthy situation how you view how Matt Gaetz is going about it and Marjorie Taylor Greene is going about it. And for some people that say that those individuals are holding Republicans hostage by not voting for McCarthy, 651 461 It's now now people, and there's been a lot of, a lot that's been talked about here the last few days and people are looking and many people are like laughing and saying, ha ha ha, ha look at this is a Republican Party and look at the GOP. They're dis- they're in disarray, they're a mess, whatever. I I'm not gonna um take aim at people that might have a chuckle or or a you know or two about this situation, but I don't think it's a great look for us as a country. Like now, you can you can you can feel however you want to feel about the two party system and say it shouldn't be that we should have more options. OK, and you and, and I think that people have had that debate before. But I do think that there's a lot of egg on our faces as Americans that has come to this. And I'm not somebody that I feel like I have to put my put myself in, label myself. I have said this before that I don't view all of this as I have to identify as a Democrat. I have to identify as a Republican. I have to identify as a liberal or conservative. I'm American, okay? I want want what's best for everyone, okay? But when you sit there and you see people that are elected to represent the country and do things for the betterment of the country— but they can't get their act in order, that's discouraging. I just got to be honest. It, 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 it's discouraging to see that. And it doesn't matter what party it is. If it's the Democratic Party, I'll say the same thing. Get your stuff together. But I, I, just, I do think it's unfortunate that we're in this particular moment right now because when you have people, regardless of party, and you're voted in to do what's best for Americans, to do what's best for his constituents, that it is disappointing. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican or whatever, you should be doing the work of the people. And right now, they can't get to work. Let's take a phone call from uh, from Chris in Minneapolis. He wants to weigh in. Good evening, Chris.
1: Hey, how you doing, Henry? I'm doing all right. Um, good. So I have no problem with what the Freedom Caucus is doing um, because I think that... Let's be honest. Neither party has the best interests of the people at heart. I don't care whether you're a lefty or a righty. They don't. They have power in their in their hearts, and that's what they want. And we we saw that from from Pelosi, um, you know, and from the Democrats. We've seen it from the Republicans in the past. This is no different. Um, okay, and so I, I think that um, trying to get some more. Uh, uh, sanity, I guess, back into the leadership, trying to um, make it a little bit better uh, and trying to get them to agree to some some concessions and uh, some uh, changes in the rules is better. So I'm all for it. I, I hope they continue to hold McCarthy's feet to the fire a little bit. How, how long – so, uh, let
0: me ask you this, Chris. How long do you wait – and 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 you know i guess i got two questions how long do you wait and i i think the second question beyond the how long do you wait is if not kevin mccarthy then who because we can sit here and we can talk about he doesn't have enough votes nobody does he's got the most votes out of them
1: i i don't you're right i mean i don't disagree with that um, I'm not a McCarthy fan. He's, he's a California Republican. He's no better than Pelosi as far as I'm concerned. He's not conservative. He has, you know, he's a rhino to the, to the nth degree. Um, but that's, and that's where the problems come from. Nobody in the, in the Republican Party is willing to stand up and, and call him out because he's got a lot of power. And that's the problem that we suffer, all of us suffer from in this country. And so now there are 20-ish conservatives, and these guys are conservative, who are pointing out all the problems that we have, that it is simply a power grab that goes on in the House and the Senate and has nothing to do with governing. It has to do with power. I've got a little feifdom, and now I'm going to wield that power over whomever I can and hold on to that power for as long as I can and it's not about it's not about governing but these guys are saying we're done with that we're bored with that it's not why we were elected yeah, but we let me we are
0: elected to go yeah let no, me ask I, you, let me but but uh, uh, answer the the other question cuz cuz i i liked your answer on on the second part but on the first part how
1: long do you wait that's a good question i, I would hope that um it would you know, there would be a resolution in the next few days, I really do, because they do need to, for what it's worth, get back to trying to legislate, uh, you know, for all the good that's going to do. But, um, you know, so I would hope that, but I think the point that they are holding out for is being clearly made. And I'm hoping that that does bring about some real change on both sides of the aisle. This isn't just a lefty problem. This isn't just a righty problem. This is a this is a government problem, and we see it. We're going to see the, the the problems arise here in in the state too, because now uh, it's all about the left now, and so you guys are in control. So we're going to see what you do with that, and I'm not real optimistic.
0: All right, thanks for the phone call from Chris in Minneapolis. I don't know what Barack has to do with anything. Um, I, I'm, 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 I'm clueless on that part. Um, but but it's I, I find this interesting in that I don't know quite honestly what Marjorie Taylor green and Matt and other, I don't understand I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what the freedom, what they, uh, I'll say this. Marjorie Taylor
3: green is not part of this. It's Lor- no, no, Lauren, yeah That's Lauren, right. That's right. That's right. That's, that's right. Part it's of this. my bad.
0: My bad. Yeah, yeah, you, you're yeah. right. You're right. Thank you for clarifying because she is actually supporting Kevin McCarthy. Um, I don't – I'm not sure what the in game's going to be here with. I know in terms of, like, concessions and, and trying to uh, – people have talked about, like, committee assignments and all this other stuff. Where I I think that Kevin McCarthy is actually going to end up being the person. I mean, I just don't – I guess the thing that I'm trying to figure out now, how long, how long does this play out? Not sure. All right, uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Final segment, we'll do headlines, and then we're done on the Lake Show. All right, in the final four minutes or less that we have here, we dive into headlines, Jonathan Lowe's on the ones and twos, and then we're done on this show.
3: All right, let's go ahead and get started with come rain, nor sleep, nor snow, nor dead of night, you <laughs> will get your kidney. A Minnesota man made a 400-mile drive through a blizzard to transport a kidney to a hospital in North Dakota where a man in kidney failure was waiting for a transplant. Wow. If there's an organ that's... Uh, going to a recipient we 're going to get it to where it needs to go, said Lucas Baker with Trinity Medical Solutions, Baker said he got the call from LifeSource, the organ procurement organization serving Minnesota and the Dakotas the night before Christmas Eve. The kidney was supposed to go to a commercial flight out of on a commercial flight out of MSP, but because of the snowstorm, that was not possible. All of the flights were grounded, said Meg Rogers, Director of Transplant Center Relations at LifeSource. Every minute matters in a situation like this. Time was ticking. Basically, short. Uh, long story short, Baker went the drive all the way to Bismarck, went through the storm, got stuck, got pulled out and, and towed, and got out. Was able to get to the hospital to get the guy his kidney.
0: That's unbelievable. Th- that that is caring about human life. Yes. That seriously. What is this individual's name? What's uh, the name again?
3: Lucas Baker. Lucas Baker from where? Trinity Medical Solutions. I,
0: that's awesome, dude. That's the best thing outside of DeMar Hamlin. That's the best thing I've heard today.
3: And, and go to KSTP.com. That's where I got the story. They have the full story. It, oh, it, it's an amazing story. Dude, that's awesome. All right. So next, uh, Twitter hacked. Uh-oh. Uh, Elon having another problem. Hackers Uh-oh. hackers stole the email addresses of over more of more than two hundred million Twitter users and posted them in, on an online hacking forum. A security research said Wednesday the breach will, will unfortunately lead to a lot of hacking, targeted phishing, and doxing. Elon Gal, co-founder of Israelis. A uh, cybersecurity monitoring firm Hudson Rock wrote on LinkedIn, he called it one of the most significant leak leaks I've seen. Twitter has comment, not commented on the report, which Gall first reported about on social media on December 24th, nor responded to inquiries about the breach since that date. Elon's not having a good time with
0: Twitter. Um, Which we, we figured that, right? Yeah. We, we figured it was going to be not so good of a situation for all of us, and clearly it's not been good. Anyway. No.
3: no. One more. One more, real quick. Uh, WWE shares jump as Vince McMahon stages a comeback. Vince McMahon is staging a comeback at World World Wrestling Entertainment months after he retired from the company over a sexual misconduct scandal. Shares of the company jump comeback. Shares of the company jumped ten percent after hours. Uh, hours after following the uh, McMahon's Thursday announcement, McMahon, the company's shareholder, said that he elected himself the executive chairman of the company. And he brought two former WWE co-presidents and board members with him. And one other thing, real quick, I just want to say, uh, this was a headline. tonight. This is the national headline of the night. Uh, Why don't you take it away?
0: LeBron, tell us about that. Not two, not three, not four, not
1: five, not six, not seven.
3: That's what they're saying over at the U.S. Capitol with the count. Vote number 12. (laughs) Vote number 12 (laughs) tomorrow.
0: Oh. Oh. Not good. Well played, J-Lo. Well played. I love how you did that. Man, It's um. it's been a rough week for Kevin McCarthy. Will it get better? Stay tuned. All right, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow night from Target Center. Me and Jonathan Lowe before Wolves basketball. The Lake Show from 6 until 7.30. Then Wolves tomorrow night. Talk to you then.